You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. Hey guys, welcome to the after laugh. I'm here. With my friend Jack Jr., man. Jack, I'm so glad you came. I know this was like a long process for you <laughs> to, Dude, it was to get so here. Long. <laughs> um, but we are we're doing head, uh, Vegas together. We are. January seventh to the tenth. Yeah. Now have you been on the road since this COVID thing? I've actually gone on the road more because a lot of yeah. big headliners have been turning out work and I was like, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now we we were talking a little bit for um the interview. You what is your sort of relationship and your fear of COVID? Are you one of the people? Because I almost feel like there's, you have to be one of two. You have yeah. to be like, fuck it, it's a virus, but it's not going to kill me. Yeah. Or two, like, I, you have to save grandma. You have to leave everything. <laughs> you can't go out. And I feel there's no, I mean, like everything else in America, there's no happy medium everywhere. Everything yeah. is like one or the other. So are you someone who has not really been afraid of it that much or i mean i was terrified uh march and april like terrified yeah like i didn't leave the house I really gloves i literally stocked up on toilet paper i did everything what the news told me to do yeah but then uh, after like just after april i was like you know what they just <laughs> they just keep extending this thing i'm like something i started i started getting bored on youtube you start going down the rabbit holes yeah all these conspiracy conspiracies theories. and i was like yeah it's 5g <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Verizon's fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just I just kind of like you know what, I do worse things to my body all year long. Yeah. So I figured if I've survived so far doing the things I do, you know, I party, you know, I get crazy. I, sometimes I don't sleep. Sometimes I just drink like a freaking a whole bottle of whiskey in a night, or you know. Yeah. And I, I've been okay. You know, I've had sex with a lot of women, <laughs> no protection. You know, and just like I'm like, we're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like if COVID were to go into my body, I'd be like, Ugh, and then just leave. <laughs> oh, whoa, this is the wrong door I went into here. Now I get that that sentiment. And the countervailing point that people always want to make is, it's not about you, it's about other people. And I totally understand. And my grandmother. Yeah. And I get that. I'm also a little bit like, nah, about it because if I'm in a situation where, let's say I have COVID, right? Yeah. And I don't necessarily know it or I'm a little bit reckless and someone's near me. First of all, you can always take time to get away from me. Yeah. You know, you can just move fucking around me or whatever. That's your business. Number two, let's say we're in an elevator, I have my mask off, and you get it from me. Well, what are you doing hanging around old people for? Yeah. Don't see your grandmother. You know what I mean? Like, we shouldn't be... I haven't seen my mom and mom and dad and like... You probably see your parents yeah. all the time. <laughs> no, honestly, I haven't seen him in a while. I saw him twice. Yeah. This whole thing, yeah. Well, I do want to kind of get to like kind of your story because we, we're, 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 we're friends. We haven't really hung yeah. out that much. We've done yeah. shows together. I like your work. You're a hilarious guy. You too, man. You're always chill and fun to hang out with. Um, I mean, Las Vegas, we could have had a great time, but you were sick yeah. and Shang was a nerd, yeah. <laughs> which was surprising. <laughs> I wasn't COVID sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was like, yeah, that was, way was, that? was like a year ago. Yeah. So um, I don't know much your story. You, you, I mean, Jack Jr. is like your stage name, your full name, Jack Asadorian Jr. Yeah. Asadorian Jr., um, and your father is the owner and founder of the Haha. My, oh, my mother and father. Are. Mother, so they started at the same time. Together, yeah, they started as it was a Mexican restaurant in 1988. Oh wow! And it was called yeah, it's called uh, Hola Amigos. And your 
parents are. N- what What is your racial breakdown again? That's what I was actually talking to my dad uh, during Christmas because he, he goes, "I started haha." I go, "Yeah." I said, your dream and being from Beirut, Lebanon, was to come to LA and open a Mexican restaurant. I said, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I said, it was my mom's. It was my mom and dad. They did it together. And your mom is straight Mexican. My mom's Mexican. My dad's Lebanese Armenian. Oh, wow. How'd they meet? They actually met in, a, in, a, in Hollywood in an apartment building. Are they were neighbors or something like no, that? No, my mom's friend lived in my dad's building. Yeah. I actually just learned a story recently. Uh, my, my dad was laying out by the pool. And he is—he was like—he looked like Howard Stern. He was freaking big nose, skinny, you know, <laughs> tall. His hairy chest. He was all freaking lame with a. He looks fit though. Your dad looks like he works out and stuff. He, no, not anymore. I mean, maybe yeah. back then, but uh, I guess my mom. Uh, this is the story. She was. She walked by my dad, and my dad didn't say anything. She went upstairs. He's still there. My dad was lame, no pickup line, nothing. And then she <laughs> came back down, and then she goes, "You want a coke?" And I'm thinking, do you want Coke? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's Hollywood like, it's in the Hollywood. 70s, yeah, 80s. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the 70s. I was. She goes, no, I gave him a Coke, and then that's it. They started dating. Oh wow, like that. So your mom is your mom is. I know your parents. Yeah. I don't know them that well, but I used to work there a bunch. Yeah, and uh, their their parents are cool. You know, yeah, I know my parents they, are cool. They, I, they, I, they they have they have their their their, their prickly pears. They're at a little times. edgy now because of comedy. You know, they hear yeah. everything, they hear everything, so they're more like loose. They're not like they're not very like. They're not straight. I started cussing and smoking, drinking around them when I was like fifteen. <laughs> so, so, so it was a Mexican restaurant. When did it transition to Haha ha Comedy Club? So it was a Mexican restaurant for like a year, and then, uh, then my dad needed to, you know, like like in Selena. Remember Selena? The dad wanted to do something different with the Mexican yeah. restaurant. His daughter was singing, so my dad uh, turned into a karaoke bar. It was a karaoke oh. bar with Mexican food, and then they, there was dancing, and then there was this, and there was that, and then one day. Um, so we had a stage, we had we had lights, we had a mic, right? And how old are you at this point? I'm like freaking five or six. Five or six, yeah. yeah. Um, one day, uh, Buddy Buddy Lewis and Kim Whitley walk in the place, and they go, "Oh shit, you got you guys do comedy here?" And my dad didn't skip a beat. He goes, "Yeah, we do comedy." <laughs> <laughs> and my dad, my dad has no idea what comedy is, you know? Oh wow! So then they started doing a night there called Whacked Out Wednesdays. And this is when like the Dave Chappelle, Steve Harvey, Eddie Murphy, uh, Dice, all these guys were coming in. How did they hear about it? Because of Kim and Buddy, they started a room. They just started. And then, so it was, and it was, then we, it was that it was, one night a week. One night a week. Mexican, and it was and the best night. It was like the comedy store, what it is now back then. Yeah. Like it was just, it was celebrity after celebrity after celebrity. It was just like Chris Tucker. And so you're a kid Robert and you got kid, to Damon see them. Wayne's, Would you Kino hang out Wayne's. there? I was hanging out. I was DJing. I'm like seven or eight years old now. I'm DJing. Like I remember, uh, like comics would go on stage and be like, "Hey, little Jack, uh, earmuffs," and then I'll, <laughs> I'll be playing music, you know. And then, uh, wow. then my dad changed the name to Haha ha Cafe. Yeah, Haha, because we like to laugh, you know. Yeah. And then that was it. It became that. And then we just became a full blown comedy club. Wow. Then the Latinos start coming in. The whites, you know. I remember from Flappers, Barbara and Dave. They had a night there too. Uh, they used to do their Uncle Clyde's comedy contest. Uh, all these rooms that, you're, that are that are huge now, like the Middle Eastern night at the comedy store, that started at the Ha. Yeah, too. all this stuff was. We just had a bunch of themes at Ha. You know. Yeah. And uh, that was it. It's a very interesting comedy club because it's sort of like a lot of times people think of L.A. I mean, I think usually it's like they think of obviously comedy store, improv, laugh factory, yeah. and then after that, the next two clubs are always Ha. Yeah. And then Ice House, yeah. maybe right, uh-huh. and then Comedy Magic. Yeah, but that's sort of like the, so. Haha has sort of been like the, the underdog killing the game for a long time. And every time, 
it's weird when people don't work there yeah. or maybe don't want to work there because every time I go there, I'm like, this place is lit. Yeah. And it's not the best location for foot traffic obviously. yeah no there's, there's no zero foot, foot zero foot traffic. traffic nor is there traffic really where you're driving by like i mean obviously laugh factory is yeah, like yeah. netflix pays for a billboard yeah, so half of it is the yeah. location so um the fact that you've been able to like galvanize this type of audience it's pretty crazy every time i go there i'm really impressed yeah man I mean, it's like my dad's whole thing he goes i don't care have laugh Factory to open the cross the street from us we'll still be open like and that's the thing he's always yeah. had a motto i remember when john lovett's comedy club opened up oh yeah down the street from us and on city walk with foot traffic with this and we survived and they're not here no more you know what yeah I'm saying? like my dad my dad has always been about uh challenges he goes good have them go there. People will go there. They come here. There's, there's, there's a business for everyone. You know? Yeah. And when were you, because I imagine, was it type of thing that you thought, man, this is what I want to do? No. Or this is a family business? Never wanted to do it. Yeah. I could imagine that would be a little, yeah, at that I, point, you're like, ah, this is just something I, weird and exhausting. Yeah, I, grew, I grew up around it and uh, you, you don't want to do what your parents do. Yeah. You know? I don't want to. That's so funny. It, you're being re- rebellious by not being a comic. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't want to, I don't want to be a comic. I don't want to be a club owner. I don't want to do any of that stuff. Yeah. So when I was, uh, when I was 18 years old, uh, I started dating a girl that had a kid. She had a kid already. And then my, my dad said, oh, you want to be a man and raise a kid? Get out of my house. Oh. So that was the whole thing. So then I stopped working at the club. I got right away. I need a freaking job to support this little family I'm starting at 18 years old. So I started working at T-Mobile and, and the Glenda Gallery in the mall. And I literally started selling cell phones. And I, I go, I need, to, I need to become a manager. I need to, become, I need to make money. I became a district manager in six months because I was such a good salesman. Yeah. I, I'm trilingual. I speak Spanish and Armenian, so I moved up in the ranks. So I, from that money, I just I that's what I was doing. I did that till I was like 24 years old. Yeah, so working for T-Mobile, and then from there, I uh, I got married, had a kid, divorced. Oh, I left that other relationship. I got married. I met another girl, married, kid, divorced, and this is when comedy kicked in. Um, I got heavy into drugs, drinking, and uh, I told my parents. I, I said, I'm not working cell phones no more. I'm lost. I'm DJing now at the strip club. I'm just trying to fucking find myself. I need a job. And then I go, I need therapy, dad. Therapy. That's what I need. And he goes, are you crazy? You know how expensive therapy is? <laughs> he goes, go on stage, open mic. And then I did that. And that's how it all started. Wow, that's crazy. Because you needed therapy. Your dad's like, here's some free therapy. Yeah. Get up on stage. He goes, go cry. Go. <laughs> so when you got up on stage the first time, was there a lot of prep involved? Or you just no, go up there? No, I like, just winged it. And you had a you had something you wanted to say when you went up, just like you know what this is going on in my life. Exactly, yeah. I went up there and just started complaining about everything I was talking about. And was it a big it, show? A lot of people. No, it was open mic. An open mic. Open so there's probably like ten people. There's ten people in the audience, but but what I loved about it that I just felt so free on stage. Yeah. Just to be like, and this is bothering me, and this is bothering. It was just a bunch of premises. <laughs> there's no punchlines. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, fuck this, fuck that, you know. Yeah. And but I, you got some laughs, and you were like, yeah, I got a, a little minute. chuckles, and then people were like, dude, that's a really good, that's a good thought. Good that's thought, good, go with you know, that. Go with yeah. that. And then I just literally started working. Uh, Damon Wayans Jr. was in the audience. He was like, dude, that's funny. We were working together. We started hitting the open mics almost every day. Me, Damon Wayans Jr., Vincent O'Shauna. And then that, that was it. I got the comedy bug. I, I just wanted to keep going on stage. So after that first time, you were hooked already. That was it. Yeah. And were your parents at this point supportive, or did it take a while to get them convinced? They were supportive. They didn't think I'd make this a career. They yeah. they thought that oh he's he's you know it's, it's helping his soul. He's gonna find himself. Yeah. Little do they know like now they're like we want you to take over the club and I'm like no <laughs> I want to <laughs> tour as a comedian you know yeah. yeah and obviously you can do both yeah I could do and that both. might be down the line. It's funny that you said that because I was having this conversation with somebody the other day 
about therapy and comedy and the relationship between being fucked up with issues and doing comedy. And I was thinking, if you actually become a better person and you figure it out and comedy helps you figure out these childhood issues and all these problems that we need to have validation, et cetera, then do you stop doing comedy? <laughs> like, isn't that the idea? Because yeah. like, I feel that way. Like, yeah. I, I don't like it when people... I used to feel this way about actors, but I feel more about comedies. Like, don't pretend you're a normal, cool person. Yeah. Like, I don't want to name names, but there's a certain comic who got taken down recently who was like, cool. But, like, I know the guy. You're not cool, dude. You're not. You got weird mental problems. Yeah. You're on medication for it. You're fucking OCD. You got all this shit going on. Yep. But you go around acting like you're cool and like, we're yeah. not cool. No. We got issues. Yeah, we I all got, have issues. I got a degree in aerospace engineer from Princeton. I'm doing this. It's not because I'm smart <laughs> and make good life. Do you really? Yeah. Like, there's, like, I, you can't look at that and be like, oh, you just want to follow your dreams. No, there's more. There's oh, a little yeah. bit more to that. Yeah. There's, like, issues. We all have issues. But then, I'm like, if I figure out the issues, does that mean I've graduated from yeah. comedy? Think about Robin Williams, dude. He, he literally, he found the happiness. And he was depressed about not being on the road and performing it. Remember that he was like he was like he he, he remember if you watch the documentary at all or not? Oh, the most recent one. The one where he basically he went on a ranch. He was living with his family, doing the whole dad thing, and then he he missed the grind, like the the partying and this crazy? and that. So he would go back and forth, drugs back and forth, and he was just like he he was cured, and it made him unhappy. Isn't that crazy? Like we, that's so comedians, It's therapy. He found the family, this, that, the nine to five, the li- that light, you know? Yeah, and that we think like, that we all want. That, that we want. And then once we have it, we're like, nah, fuck that. Uh-huh. I want to go struggle again. Yeah. You know? Well, it's really funny because I know that, and that applies to everyone in the business too, and I don't know if it applies to your parents, but with Jamie Masada, for example, he has two beautiful kids, right? And a great like wife who's very devoted, supported. And I was like, well, now that he's got these kids, he's not going to be around the club. Yeah. That was true for about six months. And yeah. then he's back every Friday, Saturday, because obviously it's like, I'm just going to sit at home with my fucking kids all yeah, day. No, 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 no. You got to be, you know, and I think about that a lot. Like where will there be a point where I'm going to stop wanting to be a road dog or, and I, I like the idea of that. Yeah. But I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't think happen. it's not going to happen. <laughs> I have that life. I have, I have a girl. I have kids at home. I do the whole thing. How many kids do you have right now? I got two step kids and one that's mine. So I have three kids all together. And so this is, after you, you, you I got, so, so, and you're married now, yeah. I'm not. I'm not legally married. We just. We just love each other. Common is that common law? It's that a, we're both divorced, so we don't want to get married again. Good call. Yeah, I don't understand like, why people bullshit. need to get married. Yeah. So right now, the situation I have right now is, I love her. I love the kids. I love that whole lifestyle. I love being a dad. I like coaching basketball. Yeah. I love it. But then there's a fucking demon in me that goes, "Let's go out there and drink and do some shows and be on the road and yeah. eat like shit." You know? Of course. I can have. Steak and lobster at home every day. Yeah. But I'd rather go on the road and have Del Taco. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, at, at, yeah, sometimes, right? Yeah, sometimes. They because just, if just, that's 300 days a week, then that 300 days a year, that's probably a lot, right? That's what's going, why I'm going crazy now, because with this pandemic, I'm not on the road as much. Yeah. You know, before I was out of the road six months out of the year, now I'm at home all the time, and they're not in school, so now it's like, yo, wow. you're dad all the time. And yeah, I'm like, that's your job. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'll go on the road for nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's great. I mean, I've always respected how much you hustle, man. Yeah, I, man. I've, I always look at you as someone who um, knows how to play the game, and you work hard. And you've also, I don't know the pantheon of all your comedy, but every time I see you, I just keep thinking like, man, this guy keeps getting better every time I see oh, him. Oh, thanks, you man. Know what I appreciate I mean? it. And just really comfortable up on stage. So do you have, uh, 
it's you're in such a unique place as a comic because three kids, a semi wife, and you have another job where you, you you sell real estate or cars or I sell I sell cars on the side right now. I sell anything. How is that? It's, it's just a part time. I was selling gold and silver recently. I was a broker for gold and silver cars. I was doing anything I could to make money, man. Yeah, because but what, that's part of like your skill. You sell yourself and you I sell. I was doing these things. secret shows in the hills, man. Yeah, I was doing whatever. I did one with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah you did a show. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like literally doing whatever I can just to put food on the table because it's like right now, it's just it's just it's hard for everyone. You know, yeah. unemployment's not working right now, so it's like there's. There's nothing you could do. Like I literally, I'm, I'm gonna start selling drugs. I have no idea. I'm gonna do. So, I'm gonna do whatever I can, dude. You know? Yeah, and that's. I think that's why. I don't know how you feel about this, but I know a lot of people sometimes they become mothers or fathers, and they're kind of like middling or doing their thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden things start picking up for them, because all of a sudden their focus changes and they're like, wait, I actually have to fucking provide and yeah. support so whatever the fuck it is i gotta do and people pick up their game a lot exactly. of times you literally need to like I, I, I wake up in the morning and i i go i'm not thinking about today i'm thinking about what's gonna happen in two months yeah you know? people that always like that's what with, with comedy too like people are always like hitting up people for spots the same day hey man you have any spots this weekend and i go hey man if you really want a spot ask me for a spot in two months yeah i'll get you a spot because that's how i do my booking i when i call clubs i go i don't want what's available today What's in six months from now? Because odds are they're going to say, yeah, here, Pennsylvania. Yeah. You know, so I'm always thinking about the future. And if you keep doing that over and over again, then eventually you just pull up. That's a genius idea. Yeah. I got to do that. I actually... Don't delete this. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've asked you a couple of times. I was like, wait, you're working here? How are you working here? Like, uh, you were like, hey, man, yeah, here's email. Like, you got to... And then I never do anything about it. (laughs) And also, too, like uh, like Phoenix House of Comedy, the owner of Tammy Bronson. Yeah. Yeah. I called her during the pandemic. I go, hey, I noticed on your calendar you're closed Monday and Tuesday. She goes, she goes, yeah, it's our worst nights. I go, I'll take two of those days. And she goes, Jack, we're not open. I go, open. I go, I guarantee you it'll be good. Yeah. I sold 85 tickets Monday and Tuesday, 170 tickets during a pandemic. How do you? How Thirty five dollars a ticket. Thirty five. Jesus, a Jack, how did you? I mean, I know you're funny shit, but how do you get people? <laughs> I, I freaking I keep good relationships. Do you with go people. to? Arizona to drum up that, or you just do it online? This or? is all. I have a mailing list that I've created over the years. Yeah, from opening for like Craig Robinson, David Spade, Marlon Wayans. Yeah, I've done all those big shows, and every time I do those shows, I always create a, a social media a connection, or I have a. Uh, I get I get everyone's emails or phone numbers. So all I gotta do is press send. I go, hey, remember me from that time of David Spade? I'm back. I'm back during a pandemic. We're open. You want to come out? Bam. Wow. And that's it. But I do that in every city I go to. Yeah, so that's why I build my little fan base. Well, we're gonna need to do that in Vegas because, <laughs> um, you know, Harry Basil, who owns the Vegas Club, he always gets annoyed because every time I do Vegas, I have a bunch of friends in Vegas. Yeah, but they're the typical Vegas friends. Yeah, where they're where ev- Vegas is all about the hookup. Yeah, right. Of course. So if you don't have the hookup, you're they not gonna come. do it. No. Oh, you're in Cirque du Soleil? Give me free tickets yeah. so I can feel special. Otherwise, I'm not gonna watch your fucking yeah, stupid I want bendy good show too. <laughs> yeah. So. Now, because of the pandemic, because we have limited seating, we have to sell every, every ticket, single ticket. Yeah, which is going to be interesting for me because I usually have like no, ten be, people a show be, saying I want to come for free. No, it'll be great. Yeah, it'll be fine. Maybe they'll pay for you and Katie. I don't know if they'll pay for me. I'll get <laughs> no, they'll pay for you're fucking people. hilarious, bro. But it's it's uh I know, but it's just like a, it's just exp- these tickets are expensive, so it's always how much are the tickets? I think like forty bucks or something like that. That's 50, not bad. Fifty bucks, it's Vegas. Maybe. No, I think it's like fifty actually. It's yeah. a new year. It's a new year. A lot of people are going to go to Vegas just to get away from California, you know? Yeah. It's New Year's Eve. People 
the, uh, the casinos are pumping out free rooms because they're, they're promoting New Year's Eve. So all the people that didn't get rooms for New Year's Eve, the casino's flooding those people with emails. Dude, it's going to be packed, dude. I'm yeah. guaranteed. Yeah. Another thing cool that I, I like the fact that you're doing Vegas with me because you're a headliner, Jack. I yeah, mean, yeah. And you're not... I mean, we all have our egos and shit like that, yeah. of course. But a lot of people who used to feature for me um, are like, well, I'm a headliner now. It's like, okay, you can be a headliner now and you can still yeah. do a sh- do a week it's my birthday week yeah. so you can do it with me or not or yeah. whatever it doesn't matter so um and I, I'm kind of like that too like I don't care about featuring or headlining no, it's kind of the same thing it's only no. a few and and I like the fact that you're a tough act to follow oh thanks like man. in my head I'm like you know if you were like hey dude like I would want to co-head I'm like of course let's co-headline I don't no, give a shit do if the, I mean, look it's all about the money right like, <laughs> yeah, I don't no. give a shit honestly I, when you offered it to me I was so excited because you're putting food in my kid's mouth that's dude, it dude that makes me feel great bottom line bro bottom line like, like when you hit me I, I said yes 100% I, I don't know if it's cool to Harry because I just hit up Harry recently and he goes I'm all full and then Harry hit me up and it worked out so oh, perfect. I'm so happy bro so um and also when you have features, it's it's a weird relationship with features and headliners too. Because I've had, and I don't know what your experience is. Maybe you can say stories without naming names. But there's either the, the headliners who like don't give a shit yeah. what you say on stage, oh what God. you do, how you treat them, and then there are the headliners like here are the fucking rules yeah. if you want to be my feature. And I think I'm I'm mostly the first time. I, I don't think I've ever given a. I think one time I told. A feature, I said, look, I'm doing the exact same joke <laughs> that you just recently started doing. doing. Yeah. And I've been doing it. It's on the Laugh Factor Instagram. It's on my yeah. YouTube. So maybe this joke don't do because... But it's I wasn't not- like, you're stealing my joke. I was like, hey, I do like literally a whole bit around this subject and you just, you just recently started doing, started doing it. So um, that's the only time just because it makes everyone look Yeah, bad. man. Especially if, and I, I, I uh, had a feature for me one time in portland at harvey's comedy club and he was bombing the first two three days and then by the the, the last two days he was doing my jokes <laughs> but <laughs> like rewording them i was like <laughs> wait a second <laughs> well, yeah yeah no, I, I i don't i love working you bro because i li- i enjoy watching you yeah I enjoy like, some you headliners man. i don't i, I don't i don't want to go there because i'm like I didn't do the same shit, but with you, you, you always—I've always seen you do different sets. So it's been—it's it's so exciting. God, it's so funny because I always feel so self-conscious because sometimes I'll get a, a, a bit and I'll post on YouTube or Instagram that I go, "Oh, this is a funny version of this bit," or I just want to put something out, yeah. right? And the, the comments will be like, "I've seen you do this before. I saw you do this five years oh ago." Oh my god! Da, 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 da. Don't read those like, oh, comments, shit. dude. Oh my god! I want to. In a myself. way, I'm kind of like. <laughs> You were watching me five years ago, but then I kind of go, Jesus, maybe I got to be more Maz Jabrani and just do like a different hour constantly. And I just, it's, it's, sometimes I feel self-conscious because I'm like, I should have a completely brand new thing. But if I get like five jokes, like I got like five good jokes during the pandemic. Yeah. I feel, I I love that. I I know I saw that one and the, I don't know what joke it was, but I remember it was something new about the COVID, about COVID, right? Yeah, well, what I mean, I had a joke like my favorite, like sort of new opener joke because I just say like, "This is a tough time for me right now because my f- dad's Trump supporter, my brother's a cop, and my mom's name is Karen." It's like the honky hat <laughs> trick, which is true, you That's know. So and I was like, "Oh, this is perfect, perfect joke for this time." Um, but I would love to just be the type of comic who had the brain where I could come up with like an hour of just COVID material, 
and I have you, to. I think you do. Why are you slanging yourself short? I think you maybe well, you, you don't. I'm lazy too. There it is. <laughs> and I smoke weed. Smoke weed. I'm about to say that. I just gave you weed. <laughs> the funny thing about here, don't be funny. <laughs> I know what your experience with weed and writing is. Sometimes I'll smoke weed, and I'll just go on these rants, and I think they're so fucking funny. And sometimes I'll even record stuff that I thought, and it's hit or miss, right? Yeah. Or I'll do mushrooms. And Never I'll, done mushrooms before. Jack. I'm scared. Jack, will you do mushrooms <laughs> with me in Vegas? I will. You but, will? But you'll take care of me though? I promise, dude. No, no. I'm, I'm not even shitting you, Jack. I, I swear <laughs> to God. No, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. This is going to be... Oh, You're going to learn a lot of me about it. So I used to be a yoga teacher, right? Okay. I used to be a kundalini yoga teacher. Oh, and shit. It was, and I was, I've been a teacher for like a lot of things. I teach jujitsu now. I teach a lot of stuff. So um, I take that very like seriously, the idea of being a teacher, because ultimately like I'll probably, that's what I'll be. I'll be some fucking old dad teacher with glasses. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that's my lot in life. So um, I take it very, and I used to be a, a kundalini yoga instructor. So there was something about me that was really into the idea of being like a guru and a shaman. I dropped out of that for other issues just because it's a fucking creepy scene. But I've actually led people on mushroom trips, like a couple people on mushroom trips where I said, hey, um, they were scared. I said, look, let's just do it. I know exactly the type to get. I know how much to take. Yeah. And, um, that's the problem. I don't know how much to take. I'm a big guy. <laughs> you know? I don't, well, like, we're, we're I don't even like smoking weed. That's, the, that's what scares me. Here's the thing with mushrooms, though, because mushrooms, and you're a party guy. You're yeah. a party guy in a way that I've never been a party Actually, guy. Yeah, I want to be You got guy. stories that I want to hear about <laughs> that you can say on this podcast or not, but I've always been I've always been like borderline nerd my yeah. whole life and I've never been cool. So but I was like, yeah, you should drink a lot, whatever, but I've never done coke. Yeah. But mushrooms I look at as spiritual tools. I know, it's everyone tells me Faraz tells his name he's been trying to get me to do mushrooms. So too. you can't do it in a way that's frivolous and let's do coke and mushrooms. Mushrooms like Okay, we're doing mushrooms. I think you can smoke with weed. I think they go hand in hand. But we're doing mushrooms. What's your intention? What do you want to get out of it? I just want to see the colors. I heard, I heard like you see a bunch of colors. Yeah. So if you whatever your intention is, like I've had intention where I was like, man, I want to do mushrooms because I want to. I have this issue, this thing that's bugging me, and I'll take mushrooms. Gone. Really? I swear to God, it's the craziest fucking thing. I see I'm it all afraid, the time. I'm afraid that I'm gonna take mushrooms and I'm gonna see a fucking demon and I'm gonna no, dude, I'm no, that's it. LSD, man. LSD okay. can really fuck with you that way. <laughs> I've never done but that. Mushrooms, man. I tell you, and I've talked about this in podcasts. Mushrooms, I think, are like a conduit to God, really, and to the truth of that's the universe. So funny. I've had so many. Experience. We could talk about some other time, but we're gonna do mushrooms and we wear yoga pants. I cannot <laughs> fucking Downward wait, dog. dude. We're going to do mushrooms, and you're going to have so much fucking fun. I've, we got to do it after the show. Oh, of course. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll just go. How long of a trip is it? It's about four hours. Four hours? No, but but let me tell you something. It, it, it peaks at about two hours, and it like trickles down. It's it's a little bit like we... Here's I look at the difference between mushrooms and do weed. Do you get hungry this. on mushrooms? Not in the same way like weed does, okay. no. I look at the difference between mushrooms and weed like this. Um. Weed can good weed can help you get in touch with your higher self. That's why sometimes you get guilty on weed, or you're like, you look, at, you piece of shit when you look <laughs> in the mirror, because your higher self is like, dude, be a better person. Yeah. Don't do this. Like weed can really, not in a mean way, but I think it really puts you in touch with a part of you that's more evolved, uh -huh. right? Good weed. Mushrooms is not that. Mushrooms is about your higher self. Mushrooms is about the secrets of the universe that are being revealed to you in small doses Holy so shit. people say you have you get hallucinations on mushrooms i don't believe you have i feel like you see things as they actually are oh really like you see people's aura sometimes depending on the mushroom 
you see like when you look at a tree on mushrooms the f- one of the things you have everyone talks about is you see the trees breathe oh hallucination no dude they're fucking breathing we just can't see it right now but i'm telling you dude on mushrooms are you, you on look, mushrooms right now i wish <laughs> but dude i'm telling you I, I, I was the same way i was fucking terrified and had someone who was like shamanistic who said here don't worry and it felt so good and I felt so protected and I had such a great trip. If you go with someone who gets good, organic, homegrown mushrooms and they're with you and they're good energy, you set intention and you don't fuck it up with like cocaine and booze, dude, you're Also no it. booze. Uh, you can have a little bit of booze, but I think booze is a very like low vibrational yeah, yeah. drug, you know what I mean? Why don't we go a day early? Okay, I'll get us yeah, a room. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go a day early because I, I want to have a, a full day to recover, <laughs> just in case. Oh, here's nothing. No hangover for mushrooms, dude. Okay, I'm so let's you. go a day early. Let's watch the fucking magic show at the Tropicana. <laughs> Murray on mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fine. But but another thing I feel is that you have to be out in nature, and Vegas is a great place because there's so much nature right by there. Or nature. There's fucking casinos everywhere. There's Red Rocks, you know. Oh, okay. Get the Red Rock Casino. Stay there. You could drive on mushrooms. I've driven on mushrooms. No, we'll Uber, we'll Uber. Um, but yeah, you just like you can walk around the Red Rocks and shit, and uh, and it's funny too because like like sex and stuff. I've had sex on mushrooms, and it's never. Oh, like, I'm not having sex with you. Oh, uh, well, forget it. <laughs> what are we talking about now? But um, but the f- even when I even when I had sex on mushrooms, it was never like about that you never you forget you just stop halfway through yeah. and you start dancing and then you have sex and you like do something it 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 doesn't have like alcohol can have that like i gotta fuck yeah and weed is sort of i'm hungry no yeah we weed can make your brain like dance around a lot but mushrooms you're very conscious you never lose yourself yeah the only times i hear about people who lose if they take like a, a huge fucking bag what, they take it too fast with no intention and the mushrooms will just they'll play with you they're like they're like creatures man they'll like fucking yeah. play with you I, with, when I smoke weed like I have a goal to fill up my stomach I swear <laughs> to God I go I, it's not full and I just keep eating and eating and oh eating it's crazy and, and then I eat till I throw up that's why I don't like weed wait does it happen all the time <laughs> Every time I smoke weed, I just keep eating. I won't stop yeah, eating. Dude, it's crazy. They're like that. that yeah, it's the worst. I literally go. I literally. Why am I not full? Yeah, well, you feel like I I'm feel never. Like- I'm never gonna stop eating. <laughs> yeah. I've literally been eating on weed, going like I'm never gonna stop. Why would I ever stop eating? I remember one time I had a popsicle and Doritos, and I just went. Oh. <laughs> I was double fisting. No mushrooms will do that. Okay, good. Yeah, um, that's gonna be so fun. We're gonna fuck it. Yeah, man, I'll do it with you. Fuck it. Yeah, dude. Exactly. I, I, I swear to God on my life, dude, I will not let anything bad happen. Perfect. You guys you know, heard it here. <laughs> I, yeah, you hear. I, I swear to God. Cut, cut to you. No, but I won't. It, it's also not. It's not. It's so hard to describe. It is. All I will say is it's what you. You tell the mushrooms what you want and the mushrooms will give it to you. All right. I want to win money in the casino. If you say. Well, what if I see through the cards like, oh, shit, it's an ace. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Gambling on mushrooms. That would. Be, you know Let's what? Let's do it. We got to do it. You know what? That actually might work because i'm telling you dude you get in touch with shit that you don't see i stop becoming a rain car- man the, the aces will start breathing <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fucking dope. wild bro all right all right we're gonna do that uh now i want to go back a little bit huh. back to back to the jack jr story here um yeah. so you you were when you first started doing comedy you said you were hooked was there where was did you have the moment the heart of darkness moment that a lot of comics have where you're like what the fuck am I doing? Am I doing it right? Do I have to change my act? Is there a moment? Like, I think a lot of people have the moment where they go from being, I want to make everyone laugh to, I want to express what I feel. It sounds like you started 
uh-huh. want to express what I feel. Yeah. So you kind of started differently because I I just started like I just want to make laugh. I just was doing pratfalls and props and shit. I literally just started like I said I just talked. I was just talking and I wasn't getting much laughter. I was getting chuckles. And then I started talking to other comics and they started helping me with like joke structure and all that. And then Do you know the best piece of advice you got? Can you, can Damian you- Wayne Sr. told me. Damian Wayne Sr. goes, he goes, Hey kid, when you go on stage, make the girls want to fuck you, make the guys want to be you. Oh wow. And he goes, If you have that mentality, you're untouchable. Yeah. And I was like, All right. Interesting. So I became very like a robot my first two years on stage. I was like kind of like joke one, joke two, joke three. Like that. I kept repeating it over and over. And then it wasn't fun anymore. It wasn't fun. Yeah. So I just started kind of just doing the going into the crowd, trying to trying to trying to get trying to. I, I wanted the crowd to like. I I would watch Damon Wayne Senior almost every night, go in there and do an hour and a half, and he would literally try to make the crowd angry at him, and then bring him back. And I respected that so much. I'm like, yeah. wow, he's getting everyone to hate him. He's sucking right now, and he's telling them that he's sucking, but then he's winning them back, and that that yeah. was amazing. And that's what I want. I didn't want to be. I'm not gonna say name comics names, but I don't. I didn't want to be that comic that did the same fucking joke for 20 years over and over and over like a robot. Yeah. that's like that's like a job. I yeah, don't, I don't want this to be a job. I want it to be fun. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. That's the interesting thing because the whole idea of repeating jokes. Sometimes when I repeat jokes, at least in my head, I'm going. In my head, I think I'll never do the exact same set twice. Yeah. I've never laid everything out the exact same way or a joke out the exact, like there'll always be, a, I'll try a different word here or a different look yeah, here, yeah. a different thing here. That's okay, but if you just go like A, B, C every day, A, B, C, A, yeah. B, C, then it's like gross, you know? Yeah. If you do the same joke and you reword it or you flip it around, you, you know, you add a punchline, add a tag, yeah. you can always make a joke better. Of course. That's okay. And I feel like that might be a trap I fall into. I keep taking something and I keep sort of building it so it's it bigger and bigger and bigger, but it's kind of the same joke. Like one of my, one of my, sorry to interrupt you. My, one of my first jokes I wrote is, uh, I'm Jackass. My dad's, my dad, my dad's Jackass Dorian. I'm Jackass Junior. So I'm Jackass Junior. Yeah. My son is Dominic Dorian, so he's a dumbass. <laughs> and then recently in Vegas, I added this tag. I, so I'm a Jackass. My son's a dumbass, and his mom's a bitch ass. <laughs> and that's the thing I just added, just yeah, yeah. winging it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and just, it fucking killed. And it killed. And you're like, oh, I got to keep it now. I got to keep it now. And I yeah, exactly. Now the joke's like reborn again, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that idea. Yeah, sometimes, because sometimes these old jokes that you do, one of the first jokes I did that I now, every time I say it, there was actually a guy who worked at Ha Ha, I started doing this joke, yeah. and I actually confronted him. I was like, I'm not with you, dude, what the fuck? I just said, I go, Three people have contacted me saying you're doing this joke. Yeah, this is back in 2006 or seven. Jesus. And I said I started doing this joke 2006, and I'm embarrassed to say that that was like my first year of comedy. I'm no embarrassed way. to say really? that 2006, 2005, yeah. All right. And I'm like I'm embarrassed to say that sometimes I still do the joke, or to, every time I do it, I go. But the only thing that gave it a little bit of life for me was the tag after the joke. Yeah. The first the way I would do the joke, it's embarrassing, and you've heard it before because yeah. it, it got hacked. You know, it just like I it just it, it, I would go, hey, you know, they say once you go, once you go black, you never go back. Yeah. But once you go, once you go white, your vagina stays tight. Yeah. Right. And that would get a big laugh, particularly in the urban rooms. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I would do that joke a lot. I was like my big rhyming couplet joke that always worked everywhere it went. Yeah. And I didn't like that, so I once you go white, your vagina stays tight. 
and then I'd go up to a white guy. I go, once you go pale, once you go pale, you never have to post bail. I go to high five the white guy, and he would go to high five me hundred percent of the time. I pull my hand right. Like, you fucking racist piece of shit. Why would you do that? That saves the joke. For yeah, me. that gives the joke some integrity because someone is implicating the audience. There's crowd yeah, work involved. It makes it fun. Um, but that was a joke that I hate doing, except for the tag makes it fun for me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and I only do that if I'm in a situation where I'm like, okay, I'm in a tough urban room you need to get you need something quick they don't want to hear jokes about vegans yeah. or this or political shit so i'm going to do something just to fucking snap yeah. them out of their reverie you know what I, I, mean? I, I feel that too with the, with the urban room you need to get them in the first 15 seconds or yeah. you're gonna you're not gonna have do you have any jokes that you do where you go okay i'm gonna do this fucking joke i don't want to do it but i'm gonna fucking <laughs> i have i have one i will say too i also joke about the the gay gym the gay gym crunch fitness gym <laughs> so it's it's a joke i have it's actually based on a true story when i was doing jujitsu i was a white belt and george st pierre which white belt is the basic level yeah and okay. george st pierre would would uh, train at my same gym in new york which is now a very famous jujitsu gym um and he would walk around with like his boy you know who george st pierre yeah, is, yeah. Right? his boy shorts and his fucking oiled chiseled fucking yeah, body showing off and me and my friend are sitting there like Indian style with little white belts are talking and then George St. Pierre walks by and I'm fucking shy naturally. And my friend goes, hey, George, how you doing? And shakes his hand and I'm sitting there like looking at my like stripe on my belt. <laughs> and then all of a sudden my friend like nudges me and I look up and George St. Pierre is like, he's looking down at me off, and it was his hand extended. He goes, hello, hello. with his French accent. I'm like, <laughs> oh, hi. And I went like this with my hand as a visual. I like swiped my hair back by my ear. <laughs> I gave him my hand, which is like, and he walked away. I was like, Jesus, he just turned me gay. <laughs> George St. Pierre turned me gay. So I turned this into a bit about going to the gym and having like a guy stare at you and turning gay. And I lift a oh, thong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do that. the thong strap. Yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. And there's something very edifying and weird. And when you're at a new town going to Target, buying a thong for a bit. Were you, you really wear a thong for that bit? Well, I take, I buy a thong. And then I cut the the bottom okay, part yeah. out because that's fucking. I don't that's know how people have that wedgie in their fucking asshole. Yeah, I know. Um, and then it's also funny because then I do that bit and something used to be my closer, and then people would say, "You did that whole show with, with a thong." thong on? <laughs> and I was like, "No, it's a strap." And they're like, "Maybe you got to tell people because all they're left with is you're yeah. this weird guy who wore a thong all show, and you never want to be the prop comic, obviously." But it was always so effective. Yeah. And I haven't done it in a while because I remember that because I was I'll be the laugh out there in the back and he and I would just see it up close because you're like you that and I'm like right there like what <laughs> yeah. and it was weird enough but it was also it's not the type of joke that's going to get respect from comics yeah, yeah. it's just going to it's going to work on the road but it's a playful joke and it's yeah fuck the comics dude I know I know yeah, that's, that's a big a, thing. I don't give a shit about the comics. so you're also in a weird position too because like as like the heir to the throne for haha because yeah. obviously. Your parents are probably going to relinquish it to you at some point. Yeah. And as as a booker and as a good comic, first of all, most bookers aren't good comics. So yeah. You're a rare breed. I know. I am. <laughs> and you also might be a club owner, booker, yeah. comic. It's crazy. It, it, it must put you in, in a lot of weird positions with other comics. I imagine there's probably, you probably have to negotiate friendships and relationships in a much different way than most people do. 100%, dude. I Honestly, I... I uh, during this pandemic, I found out who my real friends were. Because once I show, I even posted it on Facebook. I go, wow. I said, now, now that I'm not booking shit or anything, I said, where are all these people that used to blow me up all the time? Oh, you wow. Know? Yeah. It was like really, and I, it was kind of like, I was like, yeah, fuck all you, you know? Like, you know like, yeah. Or the fake comics that go, hey, how's your daughter doing? I'm like, I don't have a daughter. 
<laughs> I have a number, eleven hundred. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's just uh, I don't know, man. I just I keep my circle really close. I hang out with uh, Vinny and Renee and my boy Rico from Boston. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And that's the because we we don't we just talk about other shit besides comedy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because I I always have a lot of empathy and sympathy for bookers because it's a fucking. There's this guy in Curtis Flack who runs the Laugh Factory in Chicago. Who just wears his shirt? Curtis, says, I know Curtis. Yeah, everyone hates a booker. He wears shirts. Says everyone hates a booker. Yeah, and it is a weird thing because I I haven't booked that much, but I used to book a show in New York. Um, there was a New York Laugh Factory. Yeah, and it was one of the first uh, shows that I was like booking. And the way that people would approach me, I don't mind people saying, "Hey, man, I'd love to do your show." Yeah, keep me in mind. You're a comic. That's fine. But then people would write me like, "Hey, I already emailed you," but like. And then someone wrote back, this is the third time I've messaged you. I'm like, bro, you're yeah. never going to get booked. Never. Just be like, hey, I'm here. Ch- checking in. I would love to do your show. Yeah. Um, what's the weirdest thing? Have you had at moments where people like got mad at you for not yeah, booking people, them? Yeah, people like get mad at me. They go on these rants. They block me. They delete me from Facebook. And then like six months later, they request me. And I'm like, weren't we friends? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know like I know what they did, you know? Yeah. There's, you can't take it personally, obviously. No, I don't take it personally. You know how insecure we are. It's just like, it's, a, it's the way, like I actually, when I go to, I, uh, I go to festivals and I talk about this, uh, how to how to ask for spots or how to, you know. Um, yeah, actually, uh, I'd like to know. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like you got to, you got to give me a, a good first impression, you know, like yeah. right away. Like if in, if in person, like, you know, don't come up to me right away and ask me for a spot, you know? Mm-hmm. Try to get to know me, hang out with me, you know, talk to me, you know. Yeah. And if I gave you like an opening, then ask me for a spot. If you're gonna email something, you know, email, uh, be, be, and like, like when I get a bunch of emails with uh, for bookings, it always says a uh, future date or this, blah blah blah. Say say something else. Hey, checking in. How are you? You know, like ch- yeah. Just so just so I open the email. Yeah. Because sometimes I'm flooded with so many emails. Just to get the attention, you know, just something like that. It just it's just being more real, you know. Yeah. Don't just send me a tape, you know. Just or or also too, if you are who you say you are, and you know people that I know, have them reach out to me. Hey man, hey Jack, freaking Bill vouches for this guy. Watch his tape, you know. That, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Don't be aggressive. Don't be mean. Just be likable, you know. Be yeah. likable. Be memorable, and be funny. It's also hard to know, particularly in Hollywood. Because everyone has so many angles, and sometimes people are playing the angle so hard that you assume they're good. Yeah. Like, why would this person be so aggressive and confident if they're not good? And you give them a shot, and they're just terrible. And you're like, wait. Yeah. How do they even? <laughs> but that's how a lot of people they bulldog their way into rooms and yeah, the like, clubs. Like the social media guys too, the ones that have like a bunch of followers. Yeah. Dude, I have a million followers, dude. I have huge, I have a huge following, blah blah blah. And then they go up there and they eat shit. Yeah. And it's like, but I always feel like the good thing about comedy is, in a way, it's self-regulating because if you do eat shit all the time, then you're gonna eventually stop doing it. Usually, yeah. I remember, it, I remember there was a freaking female viner, viner at the time. She had a bunch of followers, and then uh, she went up there, she's begging me for a spot. She was, I'm so funny, I'm so funny, I'm, I'm on viral, I have this many videos, blah 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 blah. I said, fine, I put her up. She was a pretty girl too, you know. Yeah. Put her up, and then she goes up there, and she he, she dies for like six minutes straight, it's just silence. So I, I was hosting. I go out. I, I guess I guess it's right. You can't be pretty and funny. Choose one. <laughs> oh man! Wow. Yeah. I got a huge laugh because she was gorgeous. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I go. It's not, I said that's not fair. I said I'm not pretty, but I'm funny. <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, I know. It's funny too because I also feel like there's a lot of people who I've had people open for me on the road, and this is why it's also really exciting to have like a really great feature. Like, I don't know what her name is. I had this female comic who she was had some attention from TV. 
nice girl was on the road with me in Reno. Uh-huh. And you know Reno's a tough. You've done Reno. I heard about the store. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Reno's like a tough, tough club. They're it not. Club. It is a tough club. And she goes up there and she talks about her L.A. issues, which are very entitled, yeah. wealthy white woman issues. Who's on a TV show? And it's stuff that I'm going like a lot of these guys work on a ranch or they're mechanics. Yeah. It's very much that weird mix of Trumpers and yeah, I, I love other Reno. people. Yeah. I love it. It's 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 America. You it's know, freaking, yeah. <laughs> there's some people that you like definitely don't want to have coffee with there. Yeah, and there's gamblers, <laughs> but it's a nice mix of people, yeah. and it's a good litmus for how to talk to people. And she was going up there, being very lazy in her material, being lazy, and I'm watching her, and she's fucking bombing. And when she got off stage, I try to say something nice. I said, I said, well, you know, I said they were, they had tough crowds. They're listening, they're paying attention. <laughs> like, they're not laughing, but they were, they weren't on their phones the whole time. Yeah, you know? yeah. And she goes, oh, I don't give a shit about these people. And I went, huh? That's that's the problem. So I call Harry. I go, Harry, I don't think she should be the feature. I think she should be the host. Yeah. Because she doesn't fucking, she doesn't seem to care, and she's not doing very well. He goes, I'll ask, I'll, I'll confirm this with other people working there. He called him back. He goes, yeah, everyone's saying the same thing. He's like, I'm switching hosts. So she had switched hosts and she lost her fucking mind. I'm like, you just said you, don't, you don't give a shit about these people yeah. and you don't care about the club and you've been shitting on Reno the whole week. Yeah. Now you're the MC. So what are you complaining about? Yeah. You, you know, asked for it. Yeah, exactly. I, I always think that like you got to fucking, you got to have love for the people in the audience. Of course, you know? man. You got to, and honestly, you, you, you got to humble yourself when you're up there. You can't just say, oh, I'm this, I'm doing it, I'm killing it. And these people are fucking missing teeth. <laughs> but I know this yeah. story because the host told me this story. Oh, Because really? I, was, I was there the week after you and Reno. Oh, wow. And I was, I, I was murdering, bro. And the yeah. headliner was struggling. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And then the, 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 uh, Dave, was Dave? The Dave, yeah. I love Dave him. said, he goes, I'm going to tell Harry to headline you from now on because oh, I was yeah. murdering. But then Harry said he's not going to headline me because he goes, I don't have a following out there. And I said, all right, it's fine. <laughs> you have a following up in Reno? I don't have a, who has a following in Reno? It's all right. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm waiting. You'll I'm, be, I'm, yeah, I'm, you'll be fine. I'm, I'm, I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I love fucking Reno, man. I love fucking walking out there and seeing the fucking Walking Dead. <laughs> it's fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is beautiful over there. And, I, you know, that's also kind of like, it makes me think about my people growing up in Virginia. So yeah. whenever I see that type of America, I always kind of feel like they really, these guys really need the laugh. Sometimes you're yeah. in Hollywood and you're like, they don't, they need to be, they want to be offended. They don't want to laugh. They want to be offended. Yeah. And those tickets are expensive too. And like, you, you see the way they're dressed in there. Like that, yeah, that was their best outfit. Out. Yeah. Like you, you see like, <laughs> dude, when I did Reno one time, uh, the entire front row, they just look disgusting. <laughs> right. I'm roasting them the whole time. They ended up being cops. There were fucking cops. Hilarious. All of them. You're talking about all the drugs you did. And I'm talking about everything, right? <laughs> yeah. They go, hey, we want to hang out with you afterwards. I went I went to their fucking hotel at the Pepper Mill. Oh, shit. I did cake stands with them. They're <laughs> breathalyzing me. And then they go, do me a favor. We're out here for a convention. Will you perform for our entire convention? I performed for 2,000 freaking uh, cops. Oh, amazing. The next day, hung over to pick me up. And I roasted everyone's name. I remember everyone's names I was drinking with. Yeah. I go, he does go. <laughs> and they're all, they give me a fucking plaque and a fucking oh, Oh, dude, that's awesome, dude. dude. That's like why we do it. Stuff that like that the is, best. The best, it was the best, man. You know. And have yeah. you done? You've done military stuff as well. I've done military, so yeah, yeah. Like that's also one of those. Not things. overseas, but locally, like uh, Pendleton and. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's also one of the times where I feel like, okay, this isn't a job just about being a narcissist with your head up your <laughs> yeah. ass. You're actually helping people because <laughs> yeah. they need it. They need totally. It. People want to feel better about themselves, and they want to hear how fucking fucked up our lives are. You know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I've had different people tell me advice 
older comics saying like, don't be too self-deprecating because you, you're on stage. You got to look like there's a reason you're on stage. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because people, it's why people look at those magazines where it's like, here's fucking Kylie Jenner buying toilet paper at a supermarket. Look, I also buy toilet paper. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they want to feel like they can be Kylie Jenner. She, I also, I can be just like Kylie Jenner. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. So um, what is, uh, what's your like sort of big plan? Do you have like a big master plan that you think about? Like, what do you look at down the road? I, I want to, I want to shoot my special and fund it myself for my hour. Yeah. And then uh, just put it out there. I, I honestly, I want to just put it out there and just put it up on Amazon like everyone else is doing. Yeah. Just because I feel like if I put it, if I burn that material and it's out there, then I can't do it no more and it'll yeah. make me work harder. Yeah, I hear you, man. You I kind of want to do the same thing. I just agree. Just fucking throw it out. Like Andrew Schultz did it, put it on YouTube, it went viral, now he has a show on Netflix. Exactly. You I know, know it's crazy. It's so why, are we, why are we waiting for someone to, you know? That's what I've been doing. I've actually had, I've had five opportunities for specials Yeah. where I was either, yeah, I was tapped by different people and either it fell apart or I dropped out or... Um, cause I was like, I'm going to wait for something better. And now yeah. I'm just kind of like, fuck it. Let me just do it myself. Yeah. I don't How much do you think it would cost us kind of self produce? How much money would like you 10, need? 10,000. 10,000. Yeah. That's yeah. what I thinking. Or if you do it at a comedy club, it'll be cheaper. Yeah. 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 Um, maybe we can talk about that after this cause that's Together. an interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah. Two people. That'd be great. Why would you do two shows, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, that'd be amazing. So, um, yeah, do your special, and then from there, are you? Do you do you also want to be an actor? Is that something I'm? Doing? Yeah, I've I've taken acting classes. I spent I spent over like five thousand dollars in classes. Yeah, um, I go on auditions. I, I'm I'm repped. Uh, I did a you know NBC stand up NBC stand up for diversity. All yeah, that. I did that. I went to the semifinals. Uh, it was a really good opportunity. I, I Michael Cosman Tonight Show says you're freaking awesome. I thought I was gonna win the whole thing. I didn't. I win it. Um, Renee won that, right? Renee won that year. You punch him in the dick. I know, fucking. Out. He didn't want to do that. Fucking. He didn't want to. He didn't want to do it. <laughs> he was on my podcast. He talked about it. <laughs> he opened for me at a at a Oxnard Levity Live. Yeah. That night before. <laughs> That's right. He was my opener. So then he he went back and I go just do the fucking uh, just wait in line and fucking audition. And he and he got it. Yeah. I'm yeah. proud of him. Um, but yeah, I got my a manager, so I have a manager and I'm repped, but nothing's nothing's happening. I'm not, I'm not booking shit. Like it's a, it's a weird thing. Book, booking so weird. jobs is fucking weird. I keep changing my look too. I'm fatter. I'm skinnier. I'm afro, no afro, just to get like some nothing. You know? Yeah, I don't really know what the because I have a pretty extensive <laughs> IMD resume. You know, but then like every time I book, every time I like audition, I'm like, oh, I should get this because I've done this thing, so yeah. I should get this co-star on Bones. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, wait, I didn't get a co-star on Bones, yeah. but I got a recurring on Damage. What the fuck? Yeah. And um, but that's just what I, I don't know what the metrics are. There's a lot of weird shit going on. You need on a really now. good agent. That's you need connected. a really good agent who can who can just sandwich squeeze you, you their, in. Yeah, just bigger, just in know. the top ten. You know, like because that's what yeah. it's all about, man. Once you have that really big agent, they know all the casting directors. They can package you they with just, someone just, else. You know, that's all it like, is. Okay, you want Tom Cruise? Bring bring this guy. Yeah, totally. That's yeah. All, so it's just. I don't know. And there's a lot of nepotism and, and shit like that. It's pretty fucking insane. Um, but, you know, at the same time, this is a good time for people who are ethnically ambiguous and who yeah. got, like, interesting stories and a lot of diversity in their lives. And um, and also, you know, create your shit. Like, have you have you, have you you written your, your pilot? Oh, uh, yeah. I actually I wrote, I wrote. actually have three shows I've written. Oh, wow. Yeah, I have, have three shows. No, I, I pitched one of them. Uh, it was it's a reality show about my, about my family. Yeah, that'd be great. About the... Com- 
about Dude, half great Middle, Middle Eastern Mexican. Yeah, son's a comic. My aunt's a cook. My dad How and mom run it. Sister bartender. Up? A UTA uh, bought it for me, and they owned it for a year, and nothing happened afterwards. It so was that called, means you could bring it around. Still. Yeah, it was called You Don't Know Jack. That's awesome. So it was just it shows the struggles of comedians starting out open mics, and it shows the drama between our family. It just is hilarious. So the, the, it was, yeah, it was that'd be great. Dope. I wonder how how much you think that'd be just to self produce to put on YouTube. Would I that know. be? Yeah, I mean that's a great idea because everyone always wants to do a reality show about like comedy clubs, but they don't usually work because they don't have that family. Yeah, we have the dude. I was giving away freaking drinks to people. My dad's yelling at me. My mother's like, stop. It was just so funny. It's fucking great. Comments are fucking yep. doing drugs in the back. I'm like, hey, give me some. <laughs> you know, like it was just, it was a good show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was staged, obviously, but it was, it was of course, fucking of course. hilarious. Like, yeah. but I wouldn't tell my parents what I was doing, and we put secret cameras in there, and I was freaking like literally stealing money at the register, and my dad's freaking yelling at me <laughs> in Armenian, and I'm like, don't embarrass me. There's cameras here. <laughs> so you shot like a sizzle. We shot a sizzle. Yeah, we shot, we shot like, we shot like two episodes, and we made a sizzle. So you can still, yeah, you can still. Put but the guy on. that I did it with, we don't talk anymore. Oh, so he owns the no, price. no, no. He he owns that version of it, but he doesn't own the Interesting. Name. Yeah, yeah. Wow, man, that's uh, that's that's cool too. You're doing yeah. a lot of stuff. That's also. Good to I'm know. actually gonna be on a. I'm on season three of a uh, Amazon's uh, Laugh After Dark. I was supposed to shoot it before oh. COVID, and then COVID happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, very cool, man. Yeah. When's that come out? It's when we when we start shooting. <laughs> oh, okay, I, I, cool. I I I I got it. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Sent a tape and I got it. But oh, yeah. nice, man. Yeah, very cool. Well, listen, um. We are going to be in Vegas together. Yeah. We're going to go early now. We are. We're going to the 6th. We're going to go 6th. If you want to be somewhere around mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> January 6th in Vegas through the 10th. the 5th? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I got a comp this Cosmopolitan. I mean, hotels in Vegas are so cheap anyway. It's not a big deal. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I would totally be fucking down. for. We're, we're definitely going to do that. And, um, and also, you're going to sell merch because, you know. Oh, I have to sell merch. Yeah. I actually have my merch online now. Oh, do you have like a Shopify? Dude, yeah, it's fucking awesome. It's so smart, it's man. It's the best, dude. Is it was it hard to set up? No, I didn't do anything. This the guy approached me and he goes, I just want, I'll take a percentage. I'm like, perfect. So he does all the work for me. Dude, hook I, me up I, with this dude. And I just literally I will. I literally just make up shirts. One day I'm like just drunk and go, <laughs> Don't be whack, be jack. <laughs> and then I eat on the store. And yeah. It's just that I have hats. Beanies, phone cases, face masks, dude, hoodies, that's everything. That's to do it, man. It's fucking great, dude. And this like, guy, it's yeah, a store. Yeah, I have like my, sh- I, I had shirts made and then people would say, can I have a shirt? And I go, Venmo me and I'll mail it to you. Yeah, like, I was so doing that too, yeah. It's like fucking terrible. Yeah, I actually, I, I just saw, I was just in Vegas last week at the Stratosphere. I was headlining over there uh-huh. and I, I, I really don't have any much merch. I have to get more. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to Cabo, so probably not. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, dude, well, I'll see you in Cabo, hopefully. We'll Fuck see. Yeah, you're that, really going to go? I think so. Yeah, we'll talk about this after the. All right. Anyway, Jack, uh, thank you so much for coming, man. You're thank great, you, dude. I can't wait to do Vegas with you. You guys, if you want to come, we're at the Tropicana Las Vegas, uh, January seventh through the tenth. Yep. Two shows with uh, two shows tonight with uh, Katie Cazorla, who's a, a, a great person, and um, it'll be fun. Show up. See you there. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.